Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about which sleep trackers are actually accurate and how important closure is for a life transition. We'll also answer a listener question about why mirrors flip horizontally, but not vertically. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If you want to track how much you sleep, you might try a wearable sleep tracking device. But how precise are those devices really? That's what a group of neuroscientists from West Virginia University wanted to find out. And if you use a sleep tracker, like I do, the answer may be bad news, depending on the tracker you use. For this study, the team tested nine different commercial sleep trackers to see which ones actually worked. And they found that a lot of sleep trackers either over or underestimate the number of winks you get per night. For 98 separate nights, they had five healthy adults sleep while they were hooked up to both commercial sleep trackers and an EEG device. That's a device that measures the brain's electrical activity, and it's a really accurate way to monitor a person's sleep stages. The researchers looked at total sleep time, total wake time, and sleep efficiency. That's how long a person slept versus how long they were in bed. So what did they find? Well, when it comes to how long the participants slept, the best performers were the Fitbit Ionic and the Aura Smart Ring. All the other devices either underestimated or overestimated sleep time, wake time, or sleep efficiency. But none of the commercial sleep devices could accurately detect when participants were experiencing REM or non-REM sleep, even though many devices claim to. Still, the researchers weren't that surprised to find that the commercial sleep trackers couldn't figure out when someone was in deep or light sleep. Tracking REM stages typically requires an EEG, after all. For many people, the goal of a sleep tracking device is to measure how much sleep they get and how well they sleep. After all, your sleep habits can have an impact on mental health, physical health, and interpersonal relationships. So there's a good reason that many people use sleep trackers to measure their sleep. But this study shows that your tracker might not be accurate. And that's bad news, considering that anxiety over how much you're sleeping can actually make sleep problems worse. So if you find yourself fretting over what your wearable tells you about your sleep, it might be a good idea to just take it off at night and measure what you can control. What time you go to bed, how much time you spend in bed, and how much wind-down time you give yourself before falling asleep. Just build good habits and don't worry about the data. Let's say you have a coworker who's leaving your company or a close friend who's moving out of town. If you're thinking about throwing a farewell video call or a socially distanced happy hour or some other safe get together, then I suggest you do it because it'll help both of you transition more successfully to the next stage of your lives. And research backs this up. When it comes to life transitions, closure is essential. I just want to say right here that neither of us are leaving the company. Are we, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> Not to my knowledge. All right, good. Most of the research out there about life transitions has focused on new beginnings and the kinds of things people need once they've started their new life, like after they've moved into a new home or started a new job or embarked on a new relationship but there hasn't been as much research on how people deal with endings they see coming, like moving out or their last day at their old job, or when the clock strikes midnight and their prince has to turn back into a frog. 
that kind of stuff. So researchers from NYU decided to do a series of studies. They wanted to find out how the way people end one phase of life influences their transition into a new phase of life. In some studies, they surveyed college students about their time abroad or high school students about graduating. The students who described their overall experience and the end of their time as well-rounded felt more positive about the experience and better able to cope with what came next. In other studies, researchers had people read stories about people moving from their hometown or leaving a friend's wedding. People who imagined ending these events in a well-rounded way, like by saying goodbye, felt more positive about the event overall. There's even evidence that closure helps you think. In one experiment, the researchers had two strangers have a 10-minute conversation over video chat just to get to know each other. Some participants were alerted when they only had two minutes left in the conversation, so they could end the call in a way that felt well-rounded and complete. Others didn't receive any warning. Then they all took a test measuring executive function skills, specifically selective attention and cognitive flexibility. Those who got that two-minute warning that let them wrap up the conversation performed significantly better than those who didn't get a warning. Ending the various phases in our lives in a well-rounded way seems to be an important ingredient for lasting happiness. Reason enough to host that fun get-together. Safely. We got a listener question from Maria in Ontario, Canada, who writes, I love your podcast and I would love for you to explain why when you look in a mirror, things appear to be flipped horizontally but not vertically. To extend the question further, how come in a mirror-flipped video over Zoom, for example, a right-handed person looks left-handed and vice versa? This can get really confusing during my kid's virtual music lesson. Great question. Okay, get ready, because when I first learned about this, it kind of blew my mind. Mirrors don't flip anything horizontally or vertically. Instead, they flip things front to back. I'll explain. Say Cody and I are standing face to face. I hold up my right hand and Cody holds up his hand on the same side, which is his left. Cody can see my right hand because photons reflect off of it and enter his eyes. Photons that hit the right side of my hand from my perspective bounce directly to the left side of Cody's vision. It's all a straight shot. But it's different if I hold up my right hand and look in a mirror. When that happens, photons bounce off my right hand into the left side of the mirror from that mirror's perspective and then back into the right side of my vision. It's as if Cody had taken a tennis racket and hit those photons back at my right hand. This might seem like it's a flip on the horizontal or x-axis, but it's actually a flip on the front-to-back or z-axis. And here's how you know. If you look in a mirror and point right, mirror you will point right too. If you point left, it points left. But what happens if you point forward? It doesn't point forward. It points back. Another way to think about it is to imagine if you were wearing a glove on that pointing hand. If you pull that glove inside out so that your index finger is still touching the same point on the glove, you'd see a hand in the same orientation as your reflection. Your mirror image isn't you flipped horizontally. It's you turned inside out. So why does this happen on video calls? 
Well, because you're seeing a mirror image of yourself and a regular image of the other person, one next to the other. It's as if I was looking into a mirror with Cody standing next to it facing me. This time, if I raise my right hand, my reflection will show it on my right. But if Cody raises his right hand, I'll see it on my left. That mirror image can make it look like I'm holding up a different hand than Cody is. In other words, like I'm left-handed. One way to fix this? Just turn off mirror my video in the Zoom video settings. It might take some getting used to, though, since we're all most familiar with our own mirror images. Thanks for your question, Maria. If you have a question, send an email or a voice recording to discovery at curiosity.com or leave a voicemail at 312-596-5208. Before we recap what we learned today, here's a sneak peek at what you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, you'll learn about a genetic mutation that makes about 20% of people resilient to the cold, how we could use DNA to preserve human knowledge for thousands of years, why the United Kingdom has one of the most memorable postcode systems in the world, the planetary chaos that happened when the Earth's magnetic poles reversed, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. We learned that commercially available sleep trackers cannot accurately detect when you're experiencing REM or non-REM sleep, even though some claim to. In terms of tracking how long you're sleeping, the best two trackers are the Fitbit Ionic and the Aura Smart Ring. Using data is great, but when it comes to sleep, maybe the best thing you can do is just set a consistent bedtime. I was really surprised to learn that insomnia doesn't necessarily require you to not get a lot of sleep. Insomnia is just more about anxiety about how much you sleep. And sometimes people with insomnia actually sleep more than they think they do. But it's just more of the worry about not being able to sleep. So that all means that the more you can do to not worry about how much you're sleeping, the better. Sleep is, I think, deceptively difficult. I myself have had a lot of sleep challenges for the last few years, even before I was a dad. So uh, it's just a thing you got to work on all the time. At least some people do. I'm one of them. I can't stay awake through a movie, so uh, I am not one of them, but... <laughs> I feel for the people who have trouble and I'm jealous of how much they can watch movies. Yeah, movies are good. <laughs> and we also learned that closure is important for a life transition. It helps people feel better about ending an experience and better able to handle what comes next. And it might even help you think better. Speaking of that, you know what tomorrow is? Nope, no idea. Well, you're you're required to be there. We've arranged this. Oh, I'm officiating your wedding. Yeah, I'm getting married tomorrow. Wow. Are you nervous? I'm very excited. The biggest thing is excitement. I'm just so excited to get married because I think it's going to be great. And I'm excited to see all of my friends and loved ones. It's going to be on Zoom. So I'm not going to be able to see them in the flesh. Someday I will be able to see them again. But for now, I'm going to be able to see all their faces on the screen. It's going to be great. I'm just, yeah, I'm very excited. I will be there in person. Yes, yes. Well, at least Cody will be there in person. And this will be the first time we have seen each other in more than a year, which is wild. I am terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you terrified? <laughs> you got to perform. No pressure or anything. <laughs> No, here's what happened. The last wedding I officiated was my brother's and he and his wife were so nervous the whole time. They looked like 
I perceived the way they looked as they both totally hated me. Like they just, they just hated everything I said. I'm standing up there. I'm glancing at them. I'm like, they, they want me to die right now. Cause I cracked a couple very funny jokes, by the way. Uh, yeah. And then after they're like, that was perfect in every way. And I was like, okay. So if I don't look at you, <laughs> it's because I don't want your input. I don't want any feedback. <laughs> I'm just going to do it stone faced, get it done. That'd be great. It'll be like, it'll be like a recording session. I'll be like, Cody, do that line again. I think you, I think you flubbed a word. <laughs> oh man. Oh, if you tell me to do a line again, oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> uh, well, we'll find out what happens. We sure will. We also learned that mirrors flip images horizontally and not vertically because, well, just kidding. They don't flip images horizontally. They turn images inside out. Some video conferencing applications actually mimic this on purpose because you're, you know, used to seeing yourself in a mirror. But if you're on, say, Zoom, you can go into your settings and turn off the mirror my video option. Kind of trippy. To answer this question, I sat looking at my hands for a lot longer than I'm comfortable sharing. <laughs> Because I'd be like, all right, right, and left, but the left, but the right. It's, yeah, it was a, it was an experience. I just listened to Katy Perry. Really put me in the mood because you're in, then you're out, you're up, then you're down. Yep. That's how mirrors work, Katy Perry. That's how mirrors work. (laughs) Yep. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk, Sonia Hodgen, and Ashley Hamer, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend, and join us again Monday, assuming Ashley is still speaking to me, to learn something new in just a few minutes. (laughs) And until then, stay curious.